This show is for the sales leader who knows they have a pivotal role in driving outstanding sales results. Getting hired or promoted to manage a sales team is a big accomplishment, but you know you have to work hard to become a great sales leader. You are listening to the Divine Comedy of Sales podcast. Here's your host, coach and advisor to elite sales leaders from around the world, Matt McDarby. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Divine Comedy of Sales podcast. I'm Matt McDarby, veteran seller, leader, and coach and advisor to elite sales leaders all over the world. Thank you so much for joining this episode. We're going to talk about the sales leader's operating system and systems thinking. Stay with me. I know that doesn't sound like it's very exciting. Systems thinking. We'll talk about that. And I'm going to challenge you to think about how this applies to your role as a leader. We're also going to take a look back at the interview episodes that we've just completed. We just had a great uh, conversation with Jeff Lautenbach. He was the last of the interview episodes for this year. And I'm looking across all of the key lessons learned. And I think there are some patterns and some ideas that I want to pull out of those interviews. And we're going to join them all up and look at them through the lens, again, of systems thinking. So here we go. I made reference to system thinking in the opening. Let me just offer a definition, and there's a good one, good because I can understand it, a good definition in MIT's open learning newsletter. And it says, system thinking is simply thinking about something as a system. The existence of entities, the parts, the chunks, the pieces, and the relationships between them. So when I talk about the sales leader's operating system, uh, I'm making reference to all the various pieces and parts that a sales leader needs to consider as elements of their system, right? The pieces that they need to diagnose and tune and change to get the results that they want. Examples here would be the sales process, methods, tools, expectations, the talent profile, and on and on. So. When we talk about the sales leader's operating system, we're really just talking about system thinking as it's applied to a sales leader's environment. What is he or she dealing with and what are the components and parts that they need to diagnose and guide and change and lead? Over the course of the last several months, I've talked to, like I've said many times, real world sales leaders, right? Not just people who have theories about leading sales organizations, but people who are doing it And I want to thank all of them. Again, I hope that you've had a chance to listen to all of those episodes. The collective wisdom of this group is pretty amazing. When I look back at the lessons learned, and that was a question that I asked everyone. It was kind of the beginning question that I asked to uh, every person that joined the show. And it was essentially, what is the most important lesson you've learned about leading or leading a sales team specifically? When I look at the responses There are some patterns, and that's what I want to talk through, because if we look at the big lessons learned from some really effective and successful sales leaders and pull out the patterns from their answers, we can identify some really important elements, pieces that a sales leader should consider as part of their system, right? So in other words, If we're going to apply systems thinking to our roles as sales leaders, we should pay really close attention to people who have been very successful and are very effective and who are applying systems thinking 
and who've identified what are the key elements of their system. So let me talk you through some of the patterns and themes that emerged when I look back on the interview episodes. So the first pattern or theme that I notice when I look back at those most important lessons learned from the people I interviewed, the first pattern is, I'll describe it as trust and strong relationships with your people. You have to have trust and strong relationships with your people. Examples, I heard from Tony DeLeo, he said, you must have their back. Dana Isola said, nothing is more important than starting with trust and transparency. Kenny Klein said, you have to communicate transparently with your people. Alyssa Kropp said, leadership is about those you lead. John Maxwell, talking about the environment and his teams, you must get your sales team to collaborate. Ken Napolitano, know when to push and when to pull. Giles Giddings, you must lead by example. And Kevin O'Keefe, you need to inspire them and inspiration comes from competence. So different answers, but all in their own way, getting to what is the environment and the relationship that we're trying to build with the people that we lead. Certainly has to be rooted in trust and transparency. We've got to lead, right, accordingly. We've got to communicate effectively. So that's sort of the first pattern that emerges when I look at the interview episodes. The next theme or pattern that emerged for me as I look back at the lessons learned from the interview episodes was, it's all about the right people, having the right people. Larry Letow said, everybody's different. He was talking about development and understanding how people learn, but essentially you can have the right people, but know that they're different. Uh, Mario McCracken said, find people who are curious. Rachel Provan said, let people play to their strengths. Brian Delman, you have to realize that not everyone is you, right? They're not motivated by the same things, but you can have the right people in the organization. They just may not think like you. They may not have the same motivators and that's okay. Kevin Kearns said, success comes down to talent density, finding the best possible person for each role. And then Michelle Carney talked about being okay leaning into your strengths and being okay with improving your weaknesses over time. She was talking about herself as a leader, but again, this was about the people she leads too, right? They each have their own strengths and we all have to be okay with kind of addressing our weaknesses over time, being patient with ourselves. You can have the right people in the organization. If they're developing, then, then that's what Michelle was making reference to. All of those lessons learned from the leaders I spoke with can get to, you've got to have the right people. It's okay if they're not like you, right? We're not looking for a cookie cutter, you know, replicating our own image when we hire people. We're just looking for the right people. Uh, they have curiosity. They understand what we expect. They follow through. They're committed. They may have different motivators. That's okay. But the point is, as a leader, you have to know what the right people look like. And then within that range, respect the fact that everyone has development needs and they have different motivators and different ways to look at the work. But if they're the right people, commit to their development and you'll get the results that you want. So that's kind of the second pattern uh, that emerged, the right people. And the third sort of pattern or theme that emerged as I looked at the lessons learned by the folks I interviewed was all about clear expectations. What do we really expect? How are we, how are we communicating what we expect to our people? Greg Lands said, we have to establish a cadence. Mark McCary said, proper call planning is important, both key 
examples of discipline, right? We expect that people will plan. We expect that we will work together and according to a sort of an established cadence or rhythm. Scott McGregor said, being clear is kind. He was talking about expectations. Being clear about what we expect is kind. The opposite is true when we are unclear. Eddie Geisel said, you must have clear leader's intent. That was all about what are we trying to achieve? Why does that matter? Right? Key parts of expectation setting for our teams. So that's another key theme that emerges for me, right? Not only because I know it to be true that leaders have to be clear with their expectations, but I'm listening closely to the lessons learned by people who've been really effective in the role of sales leader. And they're saying, make it clear, right? Tell people what you want, not only what you're trying to achieve, but why it's important and how we will work together to get the results that we want. So there's those three patterns that emerged. And then there was one other idea, big idea, that actually came from the last episode, episode 30 with Jeff Lautenbach. And he said something that didn't fit exactly within those three themes or patterns, but it's super important with regard to systems thinking. And here's what he said. One size does not fit all. You have to adapt your playbook to the company and the sales team, paraphrasing. So if we think about the lessons learned, right, the three kind of patterns or themes, trust and strong relationships with our people, critical element. Having the right people, people that meet the profile for the result that we want, that that's a critical element. Of course, we're developing them, we're committed to helping them to get better, but we believe they are the right people. And then third, expectations, setting them clearly, communicating them effectively. If we know those are three key things, because really effective, top-performing leaders tell us that, those are the critical three things that they've learned, have to be a part of their system, then that system also has to have some flexibility built into it. We have to play to our strengths, play to our ability to build trust and build strong relationships with people, play to our ability to communicate clear expectations and follow through on them, create accountability around them. Play to our strength at finding and attracting and hiring and retaining the right people for the business and for the results that we want, but adapt that plan according to our environment. Driving great sales results is hard. Doing it consistently is even harder. There are so many obstacles that can prevent you from becoming the most effective sales leader you can be. Find practical advice you can apply right away by picking up your copy of Matt's book, The Divine Comedy of Sales, at www.divinecomedyofsales.com. So when we think about how adapting applies to a system, you may infer that a system is rigid, right? That it's, it's you know, we do things the same way. Jeff Lautenbach's point was the opposite. He was saying, we have to be willing to adapt. Now, he said the playbook, I'm saying the system, we're kind of talking about the same thing. What are the elements of our system? What are the pieces of our approach that we will play to, but we will adapt according to the market we serve, the company we operate in, the companies we compete with, the people that we have on our team today and that we want to bring in in the future? So these are really, I think, super important lessons. And again, don't take my word for it. If you've been listening to the interview shows for the last many months, you realize 
we're talking to people who know who know the job. It's not just me. I've done the job. I've been the team leader. I've been the frontline manager. I've been a leader of leaders. I've done it fractionally. I've done it full time. And I've coached and advised hundreds of sales leaders all over the world for the last dozen or so years. So when I hear these lessons learned from the people I've interviewed, what they say resonates with me. And I've pulled the themes from what they've said, not only these key lessons learned, but other anecdotes they've shared with me. And I say, yep, these people, whether they describe it that way or not, they are applying systems thinking. They have a system. They have a way of looking at their business, their team, the market in which they operate. They have a system that they apply to diagnosing issues and opportunities that relate directly to sales performance. They apply systems thinking to adapting and making changes and tuning the system. So my challenge to you is to think about, and here's a question maybe to pose to yourself, not just rhetorically as I'm asking it. What is my system? Do I have one? If I had to jot down right now, what are the components of the system that I operate when I lead a sales organization? What would they be? If you're unsure, then allow me to share some ideas. What are the key elements that we should include in our system as sales leaders? You heard at the opening of this episode, I've coined the phrase and I've been using this for a while, the sales leader's operating system. What are the elements of the sales leader's operating system? Well, you can assume that they include things like establishing and communicating clear expectations. They certainly include identifying, understanding what the right people look like for your business. They absolutely include building trust and building strong relationships with your people. But there are other elements. So let me add a few more for your consideration. The first, because this is an element that addresses a universal problem for leaders. I've talked about it before, and it's making best use of time. It's a universal complaint of people in sales management roles. I don't have time to do important things well. Now, presuming they know what the important things are, then this is legitimately a problem of just not having enough time. So a key element in your system is determining, well, what is my operating rhythm or cadence? How do I make sure that the highest priorities, the issues and opportunities that matter most to my team's performance, that I have time devoted to addressing those things each week, every week, week in, week out for the balance of the year and for the foreseeable future. So one key element is how do I prioritize and manage my time? That's got to be a part of your system. Another is change management. How do I affect change within my team? And if that's an entire sales organization, of course, that may be more challenging than influencing change as a frontline leader with just five or six salespeople. But in the end, as a sales leader, a part of your operating system has to be an approach to change management. How do we communicate how expectations have changed? How do we um, encourage and help people to develop skills, whether they're new skills or enhanced skills, in order to meet the demands of the job now that they've changed. So I think, again, a critical element of systems thinking, a critical element of the sales leader's operating system is change management. There is perhaps one more key element, and I'm conscious of 
not adding too many elements to this system. It can be overwhelming. But I think at this point, we've got five or six, right? There's one more that I would add to the sales leader's operating system, and it's data. How are we using it? Using data to understand what's going on around us, understand the current state, but also to come to some conclusions about the path to achieving the desired state. So how do we use data to diagnose, to guide, to forge a new path, um, address skills gaps, identify where we have opportunities, where we have issues with performance? So I think that that's another element of the system, right? How do we use data specifically? So if you think about it, we've got a few elements here. And I will tell you, I think you could, you could argue there are other elements to the system. And if you responded to this episode and said, yeah, but Matt, you left out uh, X and Y and Z, I'd be like, okay, then make them part of your system if they're important to you. But I think there are critical elements in the sales leader's operating system. And I'll summarize them again here in no particular order. One element, you've got to have a plan to build trust and strengthen relationships with your people. It's got to be an element. It's this, we've got to be deliberate and have an approach, a way of strengthening relationships and building trust. Second element, we've got to establish and communicate clear expectations with our teams, with our people. It's the basis for accountability and fairness and development. Also, We've got to know who the right people are. Who are the people who will be successful in these roles? So many different people, so many different walks of life, right? But if we have a general sense of what is the profile for somebody who can be effective in this role, then that's a game changer. That makes it possible for us to get the right people into the right roles all the time. Time, right? How do we go about managing time? Do we use it as an asset? Do we maintain focus on the highest priorities, the most important issues and opportunities, the most important skill-building efforts? Are we managing time or are we letting time manage us? So I think time and how we use it and what is our operating rhythm is a critical element in our operating system. And then we talked about managing change. What is our approach to change management? How do we adapt when things change? How do we help people understand what's changing and, and how expectations change? So we must have an approach to change management as part of our system. And then finally, data. How are we using information and data to better understand what's going on in our business today and what may be going on in the future? So those are just ideas. I think those are the critical elements, the critical pieces to the sales leader's operating system. And again, summarizing, it's time, it's strengthening relationships, it's finding the right people, it's communicating clear expectations, it's establishing a proper operating rhythm, it's managing change effectively. And all of these things, right, being willing to adapt, we're not talking about running the same plays and the same playbook in every environment. We're talking about having a system where we know what are the critical parts that we may have to adapt and change in order to have a complete, a kind of a thorough view of our organization, how it's operating today and how it might need to change to be ready for the future. So that, in a nutshell, is the sales leader's operating system. So again, my challenge to you sales leaders is Ask yourself the question, do I have a system? Am I thinking about all of these components and parts, the various elements of 
my operation as a system? Do I respect the sort of interplay between people and processes and expectations and trust and change and time, right? Do I look at those pieces and parts as operating together? Am I diagnosing them as if they affect each other or am I diagnosing them in isolation? Because if you're diagnosing and addressing issues with people and time and expectations and relationships and change, if you're looking at those things in isolation, there's a really good chance you could make changes in, in your business or to your team that will have unintended consequences, that will affect change in a way that you didn't expect and presumably in a way that's not positive for results. So the reason I'm harping on this systems thinking for leaders is we have to respect the interplay of all of these elements. Be thoughtful. We can't make snap judgments in this role. We have to think about what is the impact on my people if, right, if we make a change to what's expected or if we install a new process or if we add new tech. We have to think about the impact on time and our operating rhythm if we are resetting expectations or we're introducing new uh, data and tools to the mix, right? So if you think about the system, when I make a change to one element, I have to consider what is the impact on all of the other elements. And if I don't like the impact of all of those other elements, I've got to think about making a different change or not making a change at all. So I've said change, I don't know how many dozens of times in this episode, to be clear, we're talking about avoiding making change for change's sake and instead thinking critically about the impact of the changes that we make on the entire system. That's important. That's what the best leaders do. That's the point of so many of the conversations that I've had over this last year or so. So in our next episode, we're going to continue diving into systems thinking. How does it apply in the real world? But I'll go deeply into some of the specific elements of the sales leaders operating system, offer you some anecdotes and ideas that will help you apply systems thinking, or if you already are, tune your system in such a way as to ensure that you get the results that you want in the new year. Until then, this is Matt McDarby, author and host of The Divine Comedy of Sales. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. Bye-bye for now.